Welcome back, lovely listeners, to the Crux of Investing in Finance podcast, a subsidiary of Investonomics Education. My name is Jay, and it's time for another fantastic learning opportunity. Before we're going to start today's show, it's worth mentioning that our Sunday podcasts are primarily video-based. If you'd like to get the full experience, please check out our Investonomics YouTube channel and follow along visually there. Make sure to be the first to access our content by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Investonomics Education. And if you'd like to read these episodes and their supplemental materials, check out the show notes for a link to our shared drive. We also want to emphasize that everything we mention in both our podcasts and YouTube videos are not financial advice. Always use your best judgment and make your own decisions when it comes to selecting investment opportunities. What we do on this show is we simply guide you along the path of personal financial education. Always do your own research when you're investing. Without further ado, thank you very much for tuning in. Now let's get to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back. This week we're gonna be talking about a very good topic and that is how to hack your credit card essentially. So let's dive into it here. So although learning to invest and to save is an important task and something that we need to learn, it's also pertinent for us to understand how to manage our debt and understand how credit cards work. In this video, therefore, we're going to explore credit cards themselves and talk a little bit about debt. We're gonna look at how they work, some tips and tricks on how to manage them and how to fully manage the debt load and interest payments and further explore some hacks in order to use them to the best of our ability. So let's start with some credit card facts. In the United States, the average household holds over $16,000 on average in credit card debt. The average interest rate in the United States is 16%, and some of these are much higher, but this is the average as of 2022. And this means that credit card debt is growing exponentially in cases where it's not paid in full. And this is the case in many households. So let's calculate this. Imagine we are 40 years down the line. So if we don't make any payments on our debt, um, which we would be making minimum payments on this $16,000, we're using 16% as our interest rate, we will get a compounded amount. And here's the formula. So we've seen this before in previous videos, calculating compound interest, but now we're doing it for debt instead of for investments. So F here is the future value, P is the initial balance owed, R is the annual interest rate, N is the compounding periods per year, in this case that is 12 since there's 12 months and interest being charged monthly, and T is the years to where we want to be, which is 40 in this case. This is known as the compound growth formula right there. So you can use this for any kind of compounding. So when we plug values into this equation of the ones that we have, we can see here that we're plugging those values in and we are, we have a figure of 9,230,738. But that can't be right, is it? That's ridiculous, this is insane. Keep in mind that this calculation doesn't include the monthly payment that we'd be making, but it's for illustration purposes and you can see how quickly this can get out of hand if you don't pay it down. So credit cards are a form of debt 
called unsecured debt. This means that the debt is not represented by a physical asset. An example of a secured loan would be something like a home equity loan, where your home is the collateral. Credit card debt is constantly increasing in the modern economy and has surpassed a trillion dollars in the United States alone in the year 2020. Making the minimum payment does not result in interest not accruing. So in other words, if you make a minimum payment, it doesn't stop interest from being charged, but it is charged on the outstanding balance of any transactions, less the transactions in the interest-free period, which we'll discuss below. So now let's try to understand how exactly all of this works. As of 2022, in Canada, merchants can actually charge consumers directly for certain credit card fees that would usually be charged to the businesses themselves. These can be as high as 2.4% on the purchase price of whatever is being sold. This does have to be disclosed in advance. So let's first talk about a credit limit. This is the maximum amount that we are able to spend and it starts out low with the account holder's consent it can actually be increased or decreased if they allow this to be happen. Increases are often offered by financial institutions only if the card is kept in good standing and over a certain period of time after the initial issue. On credit card statements, or for what it's worth, online banking, since we all use digital statements these days, we can see the payment due date. Now, this is really important. This is based on when the outstanding balance is charged interest and it's since the previous billing cycle. In order to avoid paying this interest, we need to be able to pay back the entire amount of the balance, if possible, each month. New purchases you've made using your credit card are subject to an interest-free grace period. This is tricky to understand, but very important. When you make a purchase, the amount will not accrue interest until you receive that month's statement. And on top of this, you have a 21 day period to pay the amount back in full before it starts to accrue interest. So it's actually longer than this three week period, depending on when you purchased it. So as an example, if you buy a laptop on the 1st of December and your billing cycle ends on December 15th, you're going to have a three week period after December 15th in which you are not charged interest on the transaction and have the ability to pay it back in full. Another thing to watch out for is over limit fees. So these are charged on posted transactions to the credit card statement that bring your outstanding balance in, balance in excess of your credit limit. So what's important here is this, this is not charged on only authorized transactions. And these are really common in places like gas stations where a temporary hold is placed on your card. But this, in this case, these won't count towards an over limit fee. Another thing to watch for is interest rate increases. These are also killer. If you consistently miss your monthly minimum payment, which can be the case for many Americans and Canadians alike. This can be found on your online banking and credit card statement to see exactly what this amount is. 
this can actually lead to increases of 5% or more to your applicable interest rate for that card. And this can be temporary or permanent depending on the card. Promotional interest rates might see a jump that's much larger since it'll actually jump from the promotional rate to the standard rate and then add an additional 5% to the interest rate. Making foreign purchases outside of Canada or your country of residence is possible but very expensive where the exchange fee can be in the realm of 2 to 3% on top of the transaction value. But there are cards that eliminate these fees and you should use those if po as possible. So it's important to review your credit card agreement in all cases to check your individual cards terms and specific interest rates. So now let's move on and talk about the interesting stuff, the credit card hacks, now that we understand how they work. So there's many kinds of hacks. Some focus on your ability to reduce the, your debt load and some focus on how to leverage your credit card for your benefit once you've done that. So let's look at some of each in turn. So the first we're going to look at here is how to reduce our debt by utilizing the ability to balance transfer. What a balance transfer is, is it allows you to forego higher interest rate debt by first transferring the entire balance to a lower interest rate card or a line of credit, which historically has a lower interest rate. There is typically a 2-3% to fee, depending on the card, with associated with the balance transfer, but this interest rate is much lower and is usually worth it. So the credit card agreement needs to be conferred with in order to ensure that it's the proper interest rate. A way to utilize a promotional period is by using gift cards. If, for example, you have a six-month initial three times the points offer, take advantage of this and buy various gift cards for places that you already shop and spend money, and then use these in subsequent months when the promotion has expired. So this allows you to reap rewards for places you're already going anyways. But be sure to test this out beforehand to make sure that it is in fact earning points instead of you just buying a bunch of gift cards and not getting rewarded for it. Various experts also have and advise, and if you're experienced and responsible enough with debt, to juggle multiple cards at once, which take advantage of welcome bonus packages and using credit cards for specific purchase purposes. So what are some examples here? Well, we can have a travel credit card to pay for travel, which offer higher points and other, than other cards and may even offer a promotion to get started. And we can also use something like an Amazon credit card that gives cash back at Amazon or Whole Foods. Some experts have as much as 20 credit cards, but this might become tricky in keeping track of bills and payments, which is why we want you to be experienced and know what you're doing. The easiest way to ensure you're maximizing your rewards is to ensure that you're paying your balance in full each month if possible. And if we can, to pay for everything you can with a credit card if these fees aren't applying to you that we mentioned above. So to help increase your credit score, we can also try asking for a limit increase if it's possible, if we're not using the full limit. Doing this can reduce your utilization amount. So what is this? This is the percentage of your total limit that you've used currently. If this is lower, it looks less risky to the insurer and therefore is less likely to affect your credit score. 
So let's take a look at an example here. So imagine we have a $3,000 balance with a $10,000 limit. That's a 30% utilization rate. But if your limit is increased to $15,000, this actually reduces the rate to 20%. And again, only do this if it makes sense in your personal situation. So we hope these hacks really helped you and there's some information in there that was helpful to you. If you enjoyed this video, let us know in the comments and we will create more videos like this in the future. See you guys next time. Thank you for sticking around until the very end of the podcast. As always, if you liked today's episode, please leave us a fair rating and share this content with one friend or family member. It helps the show grow and reach more like-minded people. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear some feedback from you. Leave any questions or comments on our YouTube video or for you podcast listeners out there, send us an email at investonomicseducation at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, stay safe out there and have a wonderful day.